the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When he was asked the question, which law is the greatest? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely, and this is a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse, and he's taking us through the book of John, verse by verse. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and they're on the web at highlands.us. Get your update on what's happening at Church of the Highlands at this time of the year right there, highlands.us. And when you go there, let them know that you listen to the program. There's a contact link right there on the homepage. That's highlands.us. The question was a reference to the law. Jesus answered that the law provided a structure for healthy relationships. Love speaks of relationship. The law supports relationship. Now, I want to invite you to turn to your Bibles to John chapter 4. Jesus came to bring grace and truth. He speaks the truth. He confronts us when we're arrogant or sinful or we're in error. He's also overflowing with grace, with Kindness, mercy, compassion towards us as well. Now, I have read through dozens of scholarly commentaries on this passage and this topic of grace and truth, and I tried to write a descriptive analysis, and then I realized it would be a lot more effective if I showed you a picture. And the author gives us a picture of grace and truth modeled by Jesus in John chapter 4 in the interaction with the Samaritan woman at the well. So I want you to see the picture of Jesus modeling grace and truth. Jesus departed for Galilee. We'll pick it up in verse 4. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, "'Please give me a drink.'" He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. I'm a Samaritan. I'm a woman. Jews didn't have any interaction with Samaritans. Men in that culture didn't talk with women unless they were part of their immediate family. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift... God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. I'm not here to take, I'm here to give. Sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, who do you think you are? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give 
will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again. I won't have to come here to get water. Jesus said, go and get your husband. Um, I, uh, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands, and you're not even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Grace and truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. <clears throat> so tell me, uh, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it's here on Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worship? So her first inclination was to get into a legalistic argument. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, but we Jews know all about him for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is now here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Jesus was saying it doesn't matter where, it matters how. Father's looking for those who worship him that way. Father's looking for worshipers, and that's not just a, a reference to a form of behavior, that's a reference to a relationship. The, God is looking for worshipers. For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who's called Christ, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what did you want with her? Why were you talking to her? The woman left her jar, her water jar, beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Come and hear what he's got to say about me. <laughs> Could he possibly be the Messiah? And so people came streaming from the village to see him. Let's drop down to verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. And so, he, so he stayed two, two days long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. And then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves, and now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. Question, did Jesus speak the truth? Yes. Did he speak the truth graciously? Yes. If he had not spoken the truth graciously, do you think they would have begged him to hang around? You know, Jesus was really a very pleasant person to be with. In fact, he had a great sense of humor. Now, that may be lost upon us, but if you read the Sermon on the Mount, it's filled with Jewish humor. It's lost upon us. You know, one example is trying to take a speck out of somebody's eye with a tree hanging out of your own. Now, we have a tendency to say, was that oak or pine? What was its diameter? How long was it? We completely get lost in the idea of somebody trying to take a speck out of somebody else's eye with a log hanging out of their own. That's funny. At least it was to them. He had a sense of humor. That's contributed to his popularity. That's why thousands of people would show up to hear him preach. 
not only because of the insight that he had, but because he was fun to listen to. He was fun to be with. He was pleasant company. He was gracious. He spoke the truth, but he did it graciously. And to all who received him, it says that many people in the village believed and received him. To all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. You know, church families tend to be dragged into one of two extremes. They either um, are dragged towards an agenda that overemphasizes the grace of God and reduces attention on the truth, the law. And that eventually becomes using the grace of God as a license to continue in sin. And those churches are very popular because people don't, they like to be told how wonderful things are. They like to be reminded that God's grace is abundant. Uh, They like to be told you don't need to worry a thing about what you're doing. Just keep on doing it because God's grace is going to cover you. Those churches tend to be very large. And then at the other end of the spectrum is to overemphasize the truth and underemphasize the grace to legalistically use the law as a way of manipulating, intimidating, and controlling other people. Those churches usually have holiness enforcers. They go around looking for infractions in other people's lives that they can fix, usually while ignoring their own problems. Uh, Those churches tend to be very small because those people can only tolerate each other for so long. We don't want to be either of those as a church family. We don't want to be licentious, and we don't want to be legalistic. We want to be a place where the truth is told, but it's done graciously. If the truth isn't told, then people don't realize, I got a problem. I need to get right with God. People need to know the truth. But if there's not an an atmosphere of grace, they're not going to open up and get the help they need to heal and to grow because they're going to be trying to impress other people with how holy they are. We need to be a church family that's filled with grace and truth. The Apostle Peter said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be ready to tell them the truth. But do it with gentleness and respect. Graciousness. The Apostle Peter, 1 Peter 3.15. So our intention as a church family is to never be known as either legalistic or licentious. What we want to do is speak the truth graciously. We want our church family to be filled with grace and truth. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful that you desire to have relationship with us, that you desire to have a healthy relationship, one that is described as being full of both grace and truth. Lord, we're so thankful that truth provides the foundation of our relationship, that you always tell the truth. We don't have to guess at where we're at. You've told us where we're at. And that you always tell the truth when it comes to making promises. You always keep your promises. We can be sure of your word. 
And Lord, we are also thankful that you are full of grace and don't treat us as our sins deserve. Because every one of us sins each and every day. Thank you, Lord, for this church family that you brought together. For your word, for your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely, and he's ended another message in this series in the book of John. And he'll continue tomorrow with a new message from the series. I hope you can join us. This is a daily visit heard at this same time each day, Monday through Friday, on this station. We'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch when you go to the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And a link to all of our past messages can be found right there on the homepage. There's a media tab right there at the top of the page. Just click on that and several options will open up to you. We'd also love to hear from you. We'd like to know that you are listening. That would be a great encouragement to us. Click on the contact link on the homepage and share with us, well, your thoughts about this particular broadcast or the series in general. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. We'll be back on Tuesday with more. I hope you can join us when we open the Word of God once again and study verse by verse.